stopped, get him stopped. God and Moses both in a sidecar could not drive a sprint car with a thousand horsepower. I swear to God, he's done a double somersault backwards. My car will go past wide open. Uh, my 50,000 came in a Twinkie box. You know, I get my jollies off over looking at a nice car wash. You know he's going to crash your shit, but he's still, he's still got great stories. Oh, they disappeared. Oh, I'm leading. <laughs> I'm leading. <laughs> you plated your old ball sack and you just freaking let it eat. It's all goddamn assholes and elbows. And if you ain't right... They'll send your ass to the rear. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Open Red, the official podcast of the World of Outlaws and Us Energy Drink Sprint Cars. My name is Rob Blount from Dirt Vision, and yawning alongside of me is the PR god himself, Nick Graziano. And the reason why he's yawning is because we are on West Coast time right now, even though we live on the East Coast, because the World of Outlaws are back in the West Coast for the first time since the fall of 2019. Yes, it has been a long day so far already. Uh, we have not had dinner yet. At least I have not had dinner yet. Same. Um, but we're doing this for a really fun guest. Yes, yes. This is going to be a good one. Uh, we'll talk more about the guests in a little bit. But, um, man, I can't believe that the Outlaws are back out west. I, it, you know, yeah. I didn't, when this I spring sure didn't happen, happen, I was like, I don't yeah. know if the fall is going to happen. Here we are. Yeah, there's even rumors like, are we going to go back in the fall? We're not sure. Obviously, then the fires start happening, unfortunately, again. Uh, so, But it's cool that we're at least going to get back there, get a few races in, uh, and have some fun back out west. And we've already had some fun back out west. Yeah, we are now four races in already. A triple header at Skagit, the Sage Fruit Skagit Nationals, took place Friday, Saturday, and Sunday this past weekend. Then Monday night, they made, I think it was only like, what, two and a half hours from Skagit to About Grays three. Harbor? About three. Made the three-hour trek over to Elma, Washington to take on the Grays Harbor Raceway. That's always a pretty fun race racetrack, too, and Monday night was no different. Yeah, for a busy weekend again, is, uh, if you want to think of it this way, Knoxville Nationals length, almost four days right in a yeah. row. Uh, so busy for our With guys. With travel thrown in. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So busy for our crew, busy for the drivers, but uh, still four great shows they put on. Yes, definitely. Uh, some unique storylines came out of it, too. You had... Uh, I believe it was the first night, James McFadden changing an engine uh, right after Motor Heat, which is, I think, the second time in two races that this happened where someone changes an engine right after Motor Heat and then yeah. goes on to win the race pretty yeah, much. Sheldon did it at Black Hills when one. Uh, uh, James at Skagit, his first time ever there seeing that track. Yeah. Uh, pretty good weekend for Casey Kane. Obviously, he didn't get a win himself, but still, uh, both his cars got a win at Skagit in his home state. So sure Made the dash be... a couple times, yeah, too. Yeah, I mean, so decent, decent for him runs. still. Some top tens uh, building on his uh, uh, drive with Roth so far. So I wouldn't be surprised if we see him uh, kind of sneak into the top five a little bit more. He seems to be progressing as he goes with that ride. Yeah. Uh, so it was, like I said, four nights uh, of fun in the books, and now we head to Chico, California, the home of Silver Dollar Speedway for two nights there for the Gold Cup Race Champions, which I got to go to uh, one time, the last time we ran it in 2019. That was a, a ton of fun, really cool place, uh, fun atmosphere. Um, I, I saw you there. Yeah, I was there too. I, I, we, we stood next to each other on we the top there. of the command center watching heat races, having a good time, and uh now we're finally back. I mean, you and I aren't physically back. You may be back. Are you going this weekend? I'm fortunately not going. I will be watching, though. Chico is definitely one of my favorite tracks on the circuit and just in general, and obviously on the Wu 2002 sprint car game. <laughs> I am a Chico local at that track. <laughs> you know, that is the best part uh, about going back out west is uh, the California click such a strong contingent of, of racers out there. Oh, yeah. We're going to have uh, a really good field uh, coming up here. Just a lot of strong California guys. Shane Gulbick, uh, Justin Sanders has been setting the world on fire out there in that 57 car with uh, Paul Silva crew chiefing it, so mm -hmm. it'll be pretty strong, I'm sure. Um, then you, there's so many guys out there that it'd just be, it'll make for a really fun competition. Dominic Selzy's yeah. been really strong recently yeah, exactly. out west. And you got um, our own guys, too. Carson, uh, yep. Brad heading back home. Um, it'll be a good show. Speaking of good shows, a uh, bit of breaking news literally right before we started recording, which, by the way, we're sorry that this episode is a little bit late this week, um, but our guest requested that his only available time was Wednesday evening, and we felt that he was good enough of a guest that we said, you know what? We shall wait. Yep, he was one I definitely wanted to have on. I thought he'd be a fun interview, uh, so can't wait to get that going for everybody here. 
Yeah, so that's why this episode is a little bit later in the week, but literally right before we uh, hit the record button, uh, I saw the press release go out. I'm sure you saw it a little bit before me, being that you are the PR god of the World of Outlaws. I might um, have written it. You, oh, did you? Maybe. Okay. Just maybe. Okay. What, Walker was busy? Uh, I don't know what he's doing. Maybe walking? Uh, yeah, maybe. Walking and reading an encyclopedia? Possibly. Like a walkopedia? Whatever... I'm done with these do. I don't know. These are bad jokes, like <laughs> even for this show's standard. No, we, there Ross was, uh, and Justin yeah. set a pretty low bar of jokes <laughs> to clear, and I'm pretty certain that one didn't even come close to getting over the bar. It tried, so. but yeah, it was, you know, it's one of those pull volters that just kept hitting the bar and yeah, didn't pr- make it. I mean, like, it didn't even come close. I don't even know if I hit the bar with it. I wasn't like, sure where we were going with it. Just went but, right yeah. underneath by like 10 feet. Yep. This has gone on long enough, so, too. The announcement. Anyway, um, so. Saturday's race at Placer, Saturday, September 18th's race at Placerville Speedway, the 49er Gold Rush Classic, has been postponed until 2022. Uh, the track is being used as a, I believe, staging site uh, for equipment to help fight the uh, wildfires taking place in California. So, therefore, the track is obviously not in raceable condition with all of the equipment and, and everything that is there. So... The night before, which was supposed to be at Colorado Speedway in Hanford, California, that has now been pushed back one day to Saturday, September 18th, taking the place of Placerville Speedway and is now the Tom Tarleton Classic, and I believe it's paying a good amount of money. Yes, it is the second annual Tom Tarleton Classic and is paying $21,000 to the winner. That ain't bad at all. No, that's pretty good. That's a pretty good way to round out the West Coast Swing. Yeah, a nice little kind of fun marquee event to send it off and before we head back east. Yeah, you you win that one, and you're going to be pretty happy making the trek back over to Eldora. Yeah, that's some good week. momentum heading into the final uh, quarter of the year, really. Is it even... Can, is I it think even we have quarter? under is 20... less than a quarter yeah, I think we point, have, right? I think we have maybe less than 20 races to go. I think that's it. Crazy. Yeah. She's like flown by. I mean, yeah, but we got... So after Keller Auto, Eldora, uh, Lernerville, Williams Grove, yeah, so we'll hit the PA stuff, then we'll get back to... Uh, Kansas, Lakeside, Lawton, Devil's Bowl, then boom, right there, World Finals. Let's see, so we got one, two, that's a qualifying night, but we'll count it, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, four, fifteen, fif- fifteen races left, uh, entering this Friday, uh, night one of the Gold Cup Race of Champions at Chico, fifteen races left. It's crazy. It feels honestly like I know that you know this is such a tired trope at this point. Everyone always says it feels like just yesterday, but it really feels like just yesterday that we started the season at Volusia. Like it is just flown by this year. I mean, I saw a video of us at Bristol the other day. I'm like, oh yeah, we went to Bristol this year. <laughs> yeah, that happened. <laughs> that happened. Man, it's just it's gone so fast. It's cra- and then it, it's funny how fast it feels like it's gone, considering that break. Uh, after Volusia this year, due to the the rainouts, the 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 freeze out in in Texas, all of that stuff, the rescheduling of the initial West Coast trip that was planned for this year, um, all losing all of those dates, it was such a long break, and it felt like it was just dragging on forever. And this year's just gone so fast once we got back going. Yeah, uh, luckily we haven't had anything to make it a long month's break or anything, fortunately. Uh, at least through the rest of the year, everything's been going good, like you said, smooth and flowing along and moving along, and here we are, almost done. Yeah, it is It is crazy. We are just about ready to crown a champion, and uh, man, the guys behind Brad Sweet are doing everything they can to keep making that battle get to world finals, but he is doing everything he can to say no. This was when it seemed like it was going to be a good test of what what is Brad going to do for this West Coast swing. Obviously, he's heading back home. A lot of tracks he knows. Is he going to kind of get back to the Brad we know and dominate and win, which he kind of has? Or and um, so we've like I just, yeah. I kind of went off the rails there. What I was going to say, but <laughs> got ahead of myself. Yes, he did do that. Um, he's been consistent, podiums, winning. So it kind of seems like he's just going to kind of take that and run with it for the rest of the year. Gravel's hanging on, but at this point, by a thread. Uh, with he chips away every now and then, but then Brad just comes back and, and, and says, then nah, takes I'll, a lump back. I'll, yeah, I'll, I'll increase that a little bit here and there. It's like all, everything that 
David seems to gain, Brad will then take back in one night. He's just ha- he's hanging on ever so slightly, 128 points back right now, and he's got two nights to really look forward to that he's really going to have to capitalize on, and that's Williams Grove at uh, the start of the next month there. Luckily for him, there's only two more nights at Williams Grove than pretty much everything else he's pretty good at, at least had some form of success at. Yes. Uh, at this point, um, Nick, why don't you introduce our guest? I think we've we've had everyone waiting long enough here. Yeah, um, I, I think his, he goes by the name Jason Myers. That's a pretty uh, good yeah, guess. Two-time World Vault Law champion, 2010-2011. So this year marks uh, pretty much a 10-year anniversary of him winning his last championship before uh, he kind of hung up the helmet a little bit. Not really hung up the helmet. He still did some races here and there, but uh, basically stepped away from full-time sprint car racing. That's a pretty good guess, Nick. Yeah. I'm looking forward to that one. Uh, fun conversation that we had with him, so we may as well get right to it. As always, uh, this interview is brought to you by our friends at Manscaped. Uh, you will hear more about them on the other side of this interview. So what do you say we get right to it? Let's hear from Jason. Uh, as we just said, joining us today, Jason Myers. Uh, Jason, th- this is a treat to have you on, so thank you so much for coming on. How's it going? It's going great. I appreciate you uh, having me on. It's been a little while since we've talked, so glad we're getting this opportunity to catch up, but I'm doing great. Yeah, so obviously uh, I thought it'd be cool to get you on. One reason, um, obviously your last championship, 2011, 10 years since that. So uh, just kind of refresh, what have you been up to pretty much? <laughs> well, it, you know, it's, it's interesting you say 10 years, right? Like what a milestone. It doesn't, right. it doesn't feel like that long, um, but then you sit there and think about it and sit there and think about all the things that have happened and that we've um, done since then. And it's, uh, it's been a long time. It's been a real long time, but it's, it's interesting when I go, like we just got back from Knoxville hanging out with everybody. And um, it's just finally getting to where there's, there's a lot of faces that I don't remember. So uh, it definitely has been some time, but we've uh, just been building our life. So um, I think as many know, I, my wife and I started a construction company in 2016. Um, did a few different things when I got home, but in 16 we started the company, and um, we've been building that. And we started as a rough carpentry contractor, and we've now, in the last couple of years, moved into structural steel as well as prefabricated metal buildings. So um, it's been quite the whirlwind. It's you know I've, I think I said this before when you you take your mentality from racing of it can always be better. What can we, you know, wake up every morning trying to figure out how you can be better, how you can be faster. And you apply that to business. It, uh, it wears you out. I will definitely say that, <laughs> but it, uh, it really has led to a lot of great things for us. And, um, not only that attitude, but also just the teamwork aspect that you, you learn in racing, you know, that you're, you can't do anything alone. You can do so much more as a team. And, and we've I've really, my wife and I have both really, you know, had that strategy from the very beginning with the business and and we've hired people that have that same to share that same mentality and and integrity and humility and also not only do we hire those type of people but also our our partners when it comes to insurance brokers and bankers and accountants they all share that mentality too so it's uh two reasons we do that one in our in our opinion those are the really fun people to spend your life working with and uh secondly is i think it's a way to being successful and being um, successful in all ways, you know, both in being an honorable company and being able to pr- provide opportunities for a lot of great people and, and being able to provide prevent financial opportunities for a lot of people. So we are, um, we're up to about 150 employees now. Wow. It kind of goes up and down every week. So um, it has, I will say this, the last year has been, um, as a business owner, the last year and a half with COVID and all of the things going along with that, you know, there's other people that have had it harder than us, definitely restaurant owners and stuff. And we definitely feel for them because we've had our share of struggles too. And I, I, they can't compare to what they're going through. So it, uh, it's been like anything that comes along. Um, I used to say this in racing, you know, like everybody hated rule changes and I didn't like them either. But at the end of the day, like, Rule changes were opportunities to advance faster than everybody else. So we, you had to find the silver lining, right? And that was always the silver lining. So we've taken 
trying to find the silver lining in COVID. That's been difficult um, because lots of challenges, but it's made us do things, some things differently and better. And it's made us do other things differently that we can't wait until we can stop doing those things. But um, it's been an interesting time. So all in all, like, um, you know, that's on the business front, on the personal front, our kids are just growing like crazy. And, and um, you know, and when we left the road, we had our two daughters, but we, we hadn't had our son yet. We had our son once we had left the road. So um, my son just started racing. So I bought him a cage cart last year. We did that last winter and then we put a junior sprint together for this summer. So he's been doing that. Um, he's advancing probably honestly faster than I'm figuring the car out. So, uh, I'm working hard to get him some horsepower and get things dialed in. So, um, he's doing a really good job with that. My daughters are playing sports and doing all types of things like that. So, um, very busy. I've got my oldest daughter's playing tennis, doing great in school. She's a major, she's a huge reader. I mean, reads three or four books a week. It's incredible. And, uh, then our, our younger daughter, she is, uh, my wife and I were just talking about it last night, but she is playing tennis. She's playing volleyball. She's doing cheer and she has four dance classes a week. Oh, wow. And my wife's like, I don't know how she's doing it because I can't even keep up with getting her there. So it's, um, but it's great to see, you know, she's, she's chosen those things on her own. We're not pushing them to do anything and we're letting them kind of do what they choose for now until they find something that really they're passionate about and then they can focus on those things. So, um, that's the family front. My wife's doing great. Just trying to keep up with the kids and, and, um, you know, I'm enjoying the kids, my wife and business and, and, um, gosh, what else is there? Just trying to keep some health, uh, on top of all that. So life sounds uh, faster. Life sounds faster for you now than when you were probably hitting top speed in the sprint car. You know, honestly, there's no, the, the difference is there's no off season. <laughs> and, uh, there's, uh, you know, off season was in sprint cars was always super busy. You're, you're, you're working on sponsors, you're building race cars, you're doing all that, but, but it's not high intensity You know, it's super busy, but it's not high intensity. And then when you're racing, you have these, you know, 85 to hundred nights a year that you have this four hours of super high intensity and then you're off where in business it's like 11 and a half months of five to six days a week of medium to high intensity, but like there's no breath in between. So, um, you have to, that was, that was one thing that I, I had to learn because like I said, you bring that racing mentality into it and there's always more to do. Right. So at least with the race season, it's like, Oh, okay, well there's, there's no more racing for the time being, but now we're going to work on this other stuff. So, it's uh it's definitely been wild and crazy and and fast and and um people say that a lot you know about like i just can't believe the pace that you guys run it's like well you'll live on the road for five or six years you want to see pace <laughs> like you know it's nonstop all night all day and uh so we're we're enjoying it you know it's it's definitely a different life and um but we're enjoying it it's, we're enjoying this chapter and really enjoying our seeing our kids get into their things that they enjoy and it's, uh, it's all about them. You know, the first, I would say, I, I was about to say the first 10 years was all about us, but it was really all about me. So, <laughs> um, I'm very lucky to have the supportive wife and Robin that I do. And, and, um, you know, she's been able to actually have some hobbies since we've gone home too. She's gotten back into tennis that she played when she was in high school and college. So it's nice to see her be able to have some hobbies now as well too. So it's, uh, it's been good, man. There's never a dull moment around here. That's for sure. I bet. Um, obviously, looking back uh, real quick, um, really, you were the first one to be able to hold off Donnie Shots for two years in a row in a championship. Brad's done that recently, going trying to go for three. What was it like then uh, just competing for a championship against someone like Donnie and all those guys you were racing at the time? Like you said, a lot of faces are kind of disappearing. Um, so a lot of those guys we don't really see anymore, but Donnie's still going. Um, but you were able to kind of put those great couple seasons together. Yeah, you know, it was um, during my time, it was really Donnie and Joey and myself that were going head to head. I remember talking to Ron Shaver one night. And he was like, man, Olivia and I, we just have so much fun coming out here and just watching you and Joey and Donnie go at it. You know, it's good racing. You guys race each other hard and clean. And, and um, it was it was fun. You know, I mean, it was it was, a, yeah, I would say, a friendly rivalry most of the time, not some of the other times. But <laughs> it uh, it definitely was. You know, Donnie was, I think, at the, um, 
probably really at the height. I mean, he has carried on and continued to win some championships, but I think really at the height of his career. And, um, you know, I was at the height of mine and Joey was at the height of his. So it was, uh, I think, really an exciting time. And it was, you know, super challenging. We were all, I think what was interesting is we were all different. You know, we weren't yeah. similar. Joey was, a, you know, a guy that you give him a track, the, the, the more aggressive you could be on the track, the faster he was. And, you know, Donnie was always good late in the race, always good on parts of the track that other people weren't. Um, and then, you know, I think I was probably, I would like to say probably a little bit in between. I think, you know, maybe a little bit of both. Um, not quite as aggressive as Joey, but then, you know, not, I don't know, just had a little bit of, of both, I guess. Didn't perfect either, didn't, didn't didn't lean either way towards one of them i guess would be that a little bit i always got told that i wasn't that exciting to watch but then all of a sudden holy crap where'd he come from right so um that was that was just my style so it was it was definitely a lot of fun and you know you need you need those competitors like that to make you better i mean that's that's what makes you who you are is the the value or the uh, the quality of competitor that you're racing against and donnie and joey both were um, you know, amazing, amazing drivers, just amazing talents and still are to this day. And so that really, I, I, I feel, you know, made me who I was. So we really enjoyed it. And, uh, and looking back on that now, you know, you see some of the rising stars now, obviously Brad Sweet and uh, Carson Macedo, Logan Schuhart, seeing and David Gravel, you know, seeing these guys just go at it night in and night out. And really, you know, the outlaws, I think are, you know, I think we used to always say that the best days of the outlaws were the, you know, 2000 Pennzoil TNT days or TNN days. And I think that's definitely been surpassed now with what their vision, uh, what you guys are doing with the radio shows and just the social media has really changed the sport, you know, and it, uh, it's just, it's great to see how well the sport's doing. I'm, I'm happy. I'm glad. I'm really happy for the you know competitors that are out there now. And it's, it's, uh, it's just great to see the, the status of the sport. It's what's kept us, you know, going in it. We've still been running our car this year. I've still got a car out here. Corey Day has been driving for us this year. He's only 15 years old and doing an incredible job. Um, he's the son of Ronnie Day, who drove for us for a long time. You know, Ronnie had a great career over the years from motorcycles to midgets to sprint cars here on the West Coast and, and some stuff back east as well. Corey's just, he's a great kid. He's very talented, very smart racer. So we've been enjoying that a little bit, and um, a lot of people don't know because I don't have the time to do the media for it right now. But uh, we're gonna Justin Henderson's gonna fly out here next weekend and drive our car at the Hanford Outlaw weekend. Oh, wow, cool! So that's very cool. So yeah. I'm excited about excited about that. You know, Justin's a friend from back when we were out on the road, and, and uh, a great racer and a really good person. So, I, you know, when we select somebody to drive the car now, like we're all going to kind of get away and, and enjoy ourselves like yeah we want to win but we want to have a good time so it's important that whoever we're putting in the car we're going to enjoy racing with and so we're looking forward to racing with justin next weekend that's very cool um when you look back on your championship years what stands out the most for you on that journey to accomplish those two championships so i always people always you know still to this day i go to knoxville and i get asked all week when are you coming back and do you miss it? And, um, you know, I, I don't want to offend anybody and say, no, I don't miss it. But, uh, you know, at the end of the day, we've, we've moved on with our life. And um, so what I always tell everybody is what you do miss is you miss the people, right? You miss the team of people. So not, and I don't just mean, you know, Brian and Shane and Glenn and DJ and the, and the guys that were uh, on the road and Sam racing with us every weekend. Uh, what I mean is that, I miss Charlie Garrett. I miss Jeff Huber out of Wisconsin. I miss you know, our friends that we would see in Kansas City when we would go through. So what really stands out to me is – so it, and people are probably surprised that I'm not saying, oh, this race when it won this weekend. But really the memories are the people. Like the lasting things are the relationships you built with racetrack promoters, people that worked at racetracks and um, – just friends we made all over the country. Um, I went back to Williams Grove here for the summer nationals because I had been trying to do that for two or three years and just things had always gotten in the way. And, and in fact, some things got in the way this year, but 
instead of bringing my family out, I just flew out myself because I talked to Charlie Garrett all the time, but I had not seen him since my last year on the road. And, uh, Charlie is, is a very special person. Anybody who's ever gotten the chance to spend time with him, um, I think should, I think most people would tell you it's just been a blessing to know him. He is an amazing individual. He's a great person and extremely, extremely as talented as he is, he's that much greater of a person. And, uh, so just to be, have the opportunity in my career to work with people like Ron Shaver, like Charlie Garrett, like Paul Kistler, uh, Chuck Merrill at Maxim, Steve Kent with KPC. And, um, gosh, like I'm going to leave somebody out, but, you know, just having the opportunity to work with these great individuals all across the country and then friends that we made at all these places that were, whether they took us in for a night when we were out there or let us work out of their shop or whatever it may be, you know, our first year on the road, the Coons family and the Willoughby family took us in just, that's what stands out to me is the ability to make long life lasting relationships in racing and, and racing is just, it's salt of the earth people. It's good people that wear their heart on their sleeve. Um, don't get me wrong. I mean, in everything you do, you know, there's somebody that you might not be friends with, but, but it's just, it's just good people. And so for me, like, that's what stands out. Like, you know, if you were to ask me like, what's the one accomplishment, that might be something different, but the lasting memory for me and the, the thing that not only stands out, but I feel is everlasting and something that we're always be grateful for is just all the people. I know you uh, and Darren Pittman are pretty close friends. He's supposed to uh, team up with you a little bit at one point. Um, a couple questions uh, on that. One, how did you two eventually become friends through racing? I'm assuming through racing. Um, and two, obviously, when it came time for him to kind of go into his semi-retirement and kind of own a business, did did he talk with you about that, how that transition worked for you and maybe kind of work him through that too? Yeah, we definitely talked. And, you know, Darren and I became great. Darren and I and Mandy and my wife, um, we became great friends out on the road. And it just kind of you know, naturally happened. We were traveling on the road and Darren and Mandy were traveling on the road. We we're kind of similar ages and, um, had a lot of the same ideas, beliefs, and just, uh, became friends and, you know, traveled together for a few years. And then he spent a few years there off the tour and in Pennsylvania. Um, we just always remained really close and, uh, I've, I've enjoyed that friendship and, um, you know, it's something that we, we cherish and enjoy to this day. And, uh, so yeah, so when Darren decided to come off the road, you know, it was something that we talked a lot about and, um, really went through a lot of things and, and, uh, just, you know, just tried to be there for him, you know, and talk about it, share my experience. You, everybody's experience is different. You know, I just, all I could do was share with him a few things that, that I went through and things that I didn't anticipate that you might want to think about. And, and then, uh, then we talked about business too. So Darren's got a lot of great people around him, both in family and friends and, so he had lots of great mentors to look to, and and I was uh, very uh, humbled to see that you know he asked me some questions too. And always there for Darren and Manny, anything we can do, and I'm excited about what they're doing. I, Darren's really Darren's always been passionate about Ultra Sealed. You know, I don't think he ever used a different seed that I know of, and uh, so it sounds like that's going to be a really great thing for them. And I think not only will it be a good thing for them, but I think Darren's got a lot of good ideas for safety. You know, he's he's had a back injury and things like that, so. He's got a lot of ideas, and I know that him and Mandy are passionate and kind people that will put their heart and soul into not only building up the business for their employees, but building a great product for the industry. So very excited for him and Mandy. Like you mentioned, there are some things uh, are surprising. What were those things for you? So for me, um, and I've talked about these before, like you just don't you know, you just think it's like anything else, right? Like, okay, I'm on to this next thing. I'm going to go mm-hmm. kill it. Like I attack it, like I attack everything else. And, uh, then you get home and you start like, Oh, like I'm at target on a Saturday. And like, <laughs> I get this like anxiety feeling cause there's hundreds of people here and this is ridiculous. I don't want to stand on these lines. Right. Because you've lived this, you've lived this life of, you know, you're working on the weekends and your days off on Tuesdays or Wednesdays. So you're, you're kind of opposite of the rest of the world. And, um, and then just things that you go through of you go from being, you know, Jason Myers, the world of outlaw champion, which, um, 
I've always tried to stick and stay humble, but at the same time, like I can pick up the phone and call somebody and hey, this is Jason Myers. Oh, what do you need? And what's going on? And what can we do? You know, can, mm-hmm. what can we help you with? And and then you move into a new world and you call and you're like, yeah, this is Jason Myers. And they're like, and they go, who? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And it's like, wow, I haven't had to explain who I was for a long time, right? So um, it's 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 humbling and like you almost you really like you don't know how to do it at first. So. Um, so it's, it's, I, here's the analogy that I've always used. It was for me, it was like going to a foreign country and not knowing the language at first. Mm. Right. Cause you come home and like, well, we had these friends 10 years ago that from high school and, and college, but for 10 years, we've lived this other life on the road and they've moved, they've had kids and done their things. And like, we're kind of not part of that group anymore. Right. And so you gotta, you gotta reconnect and make new relationships and, and, uh, just a lot of things that, um, I don't think thinking about them would have really done anything different. It's just things you have to go through, you know, things you got to establish. So it takes a little while. So in moving to, to use your analogy and moving to a different country and not knowing the language, why was your um, next step going into the construction business? So for me, um, when I came home at first, I got involved in landscape construction. So Guy Stockbridge and I had been friends for years, and Guy was my partner on the race team. Um, we had talked for a couple years about what I was going to do next, and and um, we got to the we got down to the line of, and he had some things that he was starting new and and doing things differently, and so um, I partnered up with him, and I did that for about a year and a half, and just kind of realized that it just. Um, it just wasn't my thing. You know, a guy was very passionate about landscape. He'd done it for years and years and it was different for me. So, um, I moved on out of that. In the meantime, uh, my biological father, my, my dad, I grew up with my stepdad and my mom, but always had great relationships with my dad as well. And, and my, my parents all got along really well. So I'd always told myself that I wanted to do something with my dad someday. Cause I had grew up in the machine shop with my stepdad and and uh, my dad was in framing construction. So we talked when I came home and just nah, didn't really put anything together. So I did the landscape thing for a while. And then he came back to me about six months later. It's like, oh, my gosh, we should have done that. I'm like, well, it's too late now, you know. And and then once I realized that the landscape thing wasn't kind of what I wanted to do, I went back to him. And we started talking and we put something together. So um, I worked for him with him, you know, for him and with him for just over two years. And did that. And then he got to a point where he wanted to retire. And um, so we, we talked for a little while, talked for quite some time about it and decided that I was going to go off and do my own thing. And he was going to work on kind of wrapping his company up. So I took what he had mentored me there and what I had learned. And and uh, my wife and I started a framing company at that point and, and um, just kind of went from one thing to the next. So really it's, um, you know, something that's kind of cool for me of – of being in, I guess what you would call the family trade, you know, something that my dad did. And, um, and I enjoy it. I've always liked building. I've, my wife and I have built all of our own homes and I've always enjoyed it. Um, there's just something about, you know, I drive around right now and my kids are, did you build that? Did you build that? And, <laughs> you know, we've done a lot here in town. So a lot of times the answer is yes, our team has done that. So it's, um, it's, it's fun. I, I do have a passion for, for building things. I like the mechanics of it. It's very similar. You know, when we were racing, we built our wings, we built our chassis, we were involved in our motor program with Charlie. And I just, I enjoy figuring things out and construction every single minute of every day. There's always something to figure out. Do you feel like it's been almost a, um, I guess to put it uh, a satisfying replacement. I guess in a way to racing. Obviously, said it's it's still fast paced, always busy, always something going on, and uh, you kind of get that reward of like you said, is that year? Did you build that? And then you kind of get that uh, achievement and uh, I guess excitement. Of, yeah, I, I did do that. Is is that kind of a replacement in a way? I guess it's the best way to put it. So it doesn't completely replace it. Mm-hmm. So the great thing about racing is there's so many elements to racing. Um, and I, and for me, like I own, you know, I was an owner in the team and put the team together. So I didn't just drive right. Had I just drove. I guess that might be a little bit different, but we, we dealt, you know, we secured the sponsorships and put all that together. So we did the marketing and we were, I was always involved in the car. So I was involved in the mechanic side of it. And then I was a driver and then, um, owner of the team. So the business side of it and all those things. So, um, when I went into business, like the business side, the business, 
It fulfills the business side of things. It, it fulfills the – I've learned that what I really enjoy is building the team. I really enjoy finding the right people and putting them together and creating the the model of how everybody's going to work together. I really have a passion for doing that. And so it fulfills that, but it doesn't fulfill the adrenaline mm. that racing provides. So, and it also with racing, there's instant gratification. So well, you can make a change and make your car better and go out, win a race tonight and see the result of the change you made today at literally at noon with business you have these ideas and you make a change and then you wait six to 12 months to see like if it all worked out and if it actually, you know, increased profit or made people's lives better or whatever it's, whatever the change is meant to do. So definitely it's a longer play. Um, and the adrenaline just isn't, I remember it's just not there. I, I remember when, um, the stress is definitely there, but <laughs> Oh my God, the stress is there, but the the adrenaline is not there so it took me a long time it took me four or five years to figure that out but i finally replaced the adrenaline with snow skiing <laughs> so snow skiing for me is um it's something i always wanted to do but never really did because if if you were to get injured it was too close to race season and uh so i really got into that one of the uh, gentlemen that's on our team here at work he's done all his life so he got us all into it and we have had an absolute blast with that. We've got several other people, the company into it now. And when you get to the top of that, you know, when you say, yep, let's go, let's go do the black diamond or the double diamond and let's get, we're going up the lift. And as you get closer and closer to the top, you're like, Ooh, this was not a good idea. Right. And <laughs> then you, then you get to the, you, then you get to the top and you turn around and you look down that hill and it's like, well, there's only one, you know, Oh my God. And there's only one way to get down. Right. Like that's that. Okay. I'm going to run in right on the fence at all door wide open and not turn the steering wheel. Right. And, and so that is that adrenaline. And the only way to accomplish it is just to commit, right. Commit and go. And, and if you, if you back off, if you hesitate, you crash, right. And racing is the same way. Like you have to commit and go for it. Sounds like a days of thunder movie here. Right. But, <laughs> but it really is. That's really what it's about. So you, you, I was explaining to someone once that, they're like, man, that doesn't scare you. And I'm like, oh yeah, it scares me. Absolutely. Like you get to the top, you get butterflies, but it's then what do you do with those butterflies? Like, can you, can you handle it? Can you harness it and use it and use that nervous energy or does it paralyze you? So, and I think that is what is with racing that is so amazing and, and being able to replace that can you, is really, really hard to do. Can you be my life coach? Because that was <laughs> just awesome. I've read lots of books since I've been home. Yes, uh, and, and I've sourced my own life coaches and it, uh, it helps a lot actually. <laughs> that was, I, that was just awesome. But I, I have to ask like with this, at the start of this interview, you, you explained just how on the go wide open you and your family are. Where, where are you finding the time to, to practice that and get good at that so that you are limiting the crashes that you're taking as you're going down a black diamond hill? So the good news is, is so the other thing about snow skiing is the only slow time that we ever do have is in the winter a little bit in construction. So um, we've been able to maintain pretty decent winters, but there's still there's there's time you can get away a little bit. The pace slows a little bit. So um, it's you know, it it fills my adrenaline rush. You get to go to beautiful places to do it. And it's something we can do as a family. Right. So it checks all the boxes for us. And it's really been a lot of fun. It's my family. I got all my kids skiing now. And uh, Robin, she used to snowboard and has learned to ski now. So it's, it's just, you just make the time. Like there, there's never time, right? There's, there's never a good time. There's never enough time, but you just have to make it a priority. So it's something that, that we love. We make some time for and, and, you know, also feed some passion, feed some needs. Also said you you still own your own team and have some people drive for you. Do you ever get the urge to have that be the adrenaline rush again, or have you said ownership is as close as I need to get again? So I'll be honest. In the past six months to a year, I think about it from time to time. <laughs> um, I really do think about it like, man, that'd be fun to strap in that thing and go. And I literally think that for about ten minutes, and then I'm like, I'd be standing here that night, being like, what the hell am I doing <laughs> out here, like? I got Corey Day, who's 15 here with no fear, right? And like literally Dominic sells he's the old guy out there now, right? Like like <laughs> yeah. he was he was 15 when I was racing. So we'll tell him that. It, uh, <laughs> yeah, it, it doesn't uh, it, it, it doesn't last long. But yeah, there's just there's always that feeling of wanting to get in and just drive the heck out of something. 
So um, we still go to the dunes a little bit from time to time. My wife doesn't, I, I think to this day, she doesn't understand that. Why do you think you need to do that? And I'm like, that never goes away. Like yeah. <laughs> once you've gone to that limit, like it's kind of like once you've climbed a 10,000 foot mountain, like why would you ever climb an 8,000 foot mountain again? Like, you know, you got to go climb an 11 or a 12 to get that rush again. So it's, uh, I don't know, just something that we got to do. It's hard. It's hard to explain. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely get that. Um, we took up a, a bit of your time. Really appreciate it, Jason. Uh, it was fun to talk with you. Uh, thank you for coming on and uh, chatting with us today. Uh, my pleasure. And I uh, love what you guys do. Love where the sport's at. You guys are a big part of that. So thank you for what you do. And thanks for having me on. Appreciate, yeah, appreciate it. it. Thank you. Big thanks to Jason Myers to uh, taking the time to speak with us today uh, on this Wednesday. Uh, like we said before, even though we had to put this one out a little bit later into the week. I think it was well worth the wait. Yeah, for sure. Uh, the big mystery, I guess, we tried to uh, realize we've tried to uh, pull one over on everybody at the beginning. Um, but yeah, I think you probably guessed it. It was a good, good guess, though. I don't think anyone had to guess it, Nick, because as, <laughs> as we discussed, so we're just going to peel back the layer of, of onion here and, and let you all know a little secret. We're both really dumb. <laughs> and... We've probably done this four, maybe five times. Like, we're building up suspense. Like, who's the guest? You're never going to guess it. You're going to be so amazed when you hear it. And then we just now realized that we put the guest in the title of the episode and put him on on the graphic that we put on the website and on social media. So you all are sitting there already knowing who it is, and we're like, ooh, who's it going to be? Get excited. Like I said, we're stupid. This is why they asked for Justin and uh, Ross back. This is why all of the reviews say that. (laughs) So if you out there are still listening to us, even after leaving a review that says, we want the old guys back, I just want you to know that we understand. And And we get it, especially after today. All right. To be fair, neither of us had dinner today, so I'm blaming you on that. That is... That is true. We will go with that. And normally, we record at like 10 a.m. We just woke up and we're like, our Have brains energy drink yeah, ready to go. Our brains ready to go, and we've done a lot of work today. You know, you you just dealt with fun Charlotte traffic and picking someone up from the airport. I was cleaning my bathtub all day, and Ooh. if you've ever seen me, you could imagine that that is not pretty. After manscaping. <laughs> It's a perfect time (laughs) to speak to you about our friends from Manscaped. Did you know that if you go to manscaped.com and use the promo code OPENRED20, you will get 20% off your order plus free shipping of any of your purchases. But we would recommend you get the new performance package 4.0 that includes the lawnmower 4.0, the latest and greatest piece of technology, dare I say manscaping technology, that Manscaped has to offer. Yeah, good stuff. It is good stuff. And in the performance package, it comes with this, like, mat that you can stand on. This way you don't have to have an awful cleanup in your bathtub after. There you go. You just stand on the mat and all the... Cleans it all up for you. Yes. Hmm. Yes. That's a much neater way of what I was going to say, and I will leave it at that. That's a good invention, Manscaped. Right? So I would recommend that you go to manscaped.com, use the promo code OPENRED20 to get yourself 20% off, plus free shipping of your order. Get yourself the new Performance Package 4.0 featuring the new Lawnmower 4.0. You will thank us later. Uh, So, yeah, go ahead and do that. That One more time, that is go to manscaped.com and use the promo code OPENRED20. Moving on, Nick, uh, I guess now's good enough time to recap the four nights of racing that we alluded to earlier. Skagit, 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 Grace Harbor. Yes. I thought you were going to say Skagit, 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 and more Skagit. No. But we, that's not how only, the schedule we went. Did, we only did three. Yes. Only One more three. than usual. That is true. Uh, we added the third night, and the third night paid uh, a nice $25,000 to the winter. A nice West Coast win. Winter, not winter. <laughs> good Lord. We're close to end, just ending the show, but we got a little bit to get through to put ourselves out of this misery right yes. now because our brains are just not firing on all eight cylinders right now. What day is it? What day is it? What week is it? Hmm. 
Who won? Yeah. It's Gadget. Uh, the first night, the first winner, uh, which, you know, it's interesting to have a, a triple header take place uh, starting on a Friday. That threw me off all weekend long. I kept thinking that Sunday was Saturday. Saturday was Friday, and Friday was Thursday. But no, that was not the case. So night one took place on Friday night, and as we mentioned earlier, uh, James McFadden, his uh, Casey Kane Racing number 9 team, changed the engine right after motor heat and uh, went out there and won the race anyway. James is, um, I think these are some good tracks for him. Like you said, I reminded him of some Australia tracks. Yep. I think you'll find that a lot with some of these um, California tracks, that they kind of have that maybe some similar characteristics to it. I think we'll see him do pretty well on a lot of these upcoming tracks, too. Completely agree. Uh, he went out there and led all 30 laps, so um, saying he did pretty well on Friday would would honestly be an understatement uh heck of a night it's not re- it's not often that you see this but the kse hard charger award belonged to brad sweet yeah, that's pretty wild that's pretty rare gained uh gained five spots to go to 10th from uh go to fifth from 10th uh but how often do you see brad sweet go out there and get the hard charger award Normally very he just rare qualifies up front and wins yeah. it and finishes up front yeah usually um like you said it's very rare even the last couple of years of all the I can think of, he's only picked up a couple handful of them in general, really. Yeah, I agree. It's interesting. Not that he doesn't pass cars, he's just like we said, he's usually up front. He's usually there. Yeah. It's very interesting because, like, you look at you look at some of the stats from the year, and it, and it just shows how consistent he is. Um, he's not even close to leading the way in uh, Slick Woody's Quick Time Awards. That belongs to David Gravel. He's really not doesn't have a ton of heat race victories. Therefore, doesn't really win the dash all that much. But he just starts up front and he and finishes up front. He'll qualify well enough to get himself a good starting position in his heat race. Finish well enough in his heat race to get a to get into the into the dash. Finish well enough in the dash that he starts near the front and finishes near the front. If you watch him, he's pretty aggressive on restarts, too. He'll take yes. advantage of any spot he can get. And usually sometimes you'll see if he's starting six, he'll be third by the first lap or so. I mean, you don't have to go out there and lead those those statistical categories. I mean, what is the quick time awards getting David Gravel? He's second in points. Um, but that doesn't seem to be translating into victories um, as much as you would think it would have the potential to. He's... Brad Sweet's leading all the right categories. He's leading in most wins, most top fives, most lap leads, most top tens. And there he is right at the top of the point standings again. Funny how that works out. Right? Uh, let's run you through the field. We said before James McFadden took the victory over Sheldon Hoddenshield, who did everything he could to get up there and challenge the number nine, but it seemed like most of the night lap lap traffic seemed to thwart him. Uh, David Gravel rounded out the podium. Donnie Schatz finished fourth. Brad Sweet finished in fifth. Logan Schuhart sixth. Carson Macedo seventh. Jacob Allen eighth. Jason Solwald in ninth. And Rico Abreu rounding out the top ten. As I already mentioned, Excuse me, your lap leaders on the night, there was just one of them. It was James McFadden, led laps 1 through 30. Uh, moving on to Friday night, Brad Sweet goes to victory lane, gets his first victory at Skagit Speedway. Interesting. There's actually a couple, uh, actually, what was it? Uh, Colorado Speedway, he's never won it either. So if he wins there, that'd be his first win there coming up at the Tom Tarleton Classic. I believe Skagit was one of those places where the only driver that... Uh, Entered having a victory, at least out of our full-time guys, was Donnie Shots. That seems to be most of the cases a lot of times. Yeah. I mean, when you've got, what is it, 303 wins now? Yep. It's pretty uh, pretty easy for that to happen. Or um, two. 302. 3-0-2. You're right. Getting a little bit ahead of myself. Uh, so, as we said, Brad Sweet scored the win on this night. Donnie Shots finished in second. David Gravel third once again. James McFadden, the winner for the previous night, finished in fourth. Sheldon Hoddenshield fifth. Carson Macedo sixth. Logan Schuhart seventh. Broxier Foss eighth. Casey Kane finished in ninth. And Rico Abreu for the second night in a row finished in tenth. Your lap leaders on this night, David Gravel led laps one through 21 before Brad Sweet got by him and went on to lead the rest of them. Your hard charger award on this night belonged to James McFadden, who charged just three spots. Hey, still got it done. Still got it done. Doesn't matter how you do it. Seventh to fourth gets it done for him on night two on Saturday night. And then we move over to Sunday, where Carson Macedo picked up the big $25,000 check. I believe it was the dash draw you're talking about. You know, he he wins 
He's got a lot of wins this year, but he could never seem to get the big money win. You know, he mm-hmm. won the two races at Eldora, but it wasn't the Kings Royal races. It was the mm-hmm. $10,000 to win races. Decent pay, but it wasn't the big money races. So finally, he comes out here and wins the big money race. Yeah, got it done when it, where it really matters. It's not a bad payday, that's for sure. Carson Macedo with the win. James McFadden just really seemed to like this place. Finished in second. Logan Schuhart, third. Brad Sweet, fourth. David Gravel, fifth. Sheldon Hottenshield in sixth. Tony Shot, seventh. Casey Kane, eighth once again. Trey Starks, Trey Starks, ninth. And Wayne Johnson rounded out the top ten. Your lap leaders, Carson Macedo, led laps one through 18 and then 23 through 40, with Logan Schuhart leading everything in the middle between laps 19 and 22. That was a really fun race. Uh, it seemed like traffic was going to, I mean, traffic did decide it, but it seemed like traffic was going to be the thing that ruined Carson Macedo's night. He lost the lead in traffic and then got the lead back in traffic. Uh, so that was that was a fun little battle there to watch. And uh, your Casey Hard Charger Award goes to David Gravel, who gained three spots, just like James McFadden the night before. Gravel went from eighth to fifth uh, to get that award. And then we made the trip down to Elma to go to Grays Harbor Speedway. Yeah. Looked like uh, that final schedule you saw kind of uh, the old, I guess you could say, one way to say it, the old Logan almost looked back. The one that The Logan strong, from 2020. Yeah. A little bit stronger, a little bit more dominant. Uh, definitely a top three car. Uh, a little bit battle of who could get the slide job the best there that night. And Carson had just a little bit better of a car and edged him. But uh, then he came back at Grays Harbor. This was a really interesting night. Uh, We had a a little bit of a lengthy delay before heat races to let the sun set, which ultimately was the right call. Um, All right, I got a question about that delay. Chase Rodman, does he know how to drive? That was the night before, I believe, when he hijacked Uh, someone's push truck. Okay. I don't know, but I can tell you this. uh, The next time he is in Charlotte, if we have to go anywhere together, I will be driving and not him. Yeah, I mean, he does know you can just ease on the throttle, and it goes a little faster. You don't just have to boom. He looked but, like that person, you, you know. I mean, he looked, to be fair, he looked like he didn't really fit in there to begin with. So. That's true. It looked like his head was about to go <laughs> through the roof. But, I mean, he also looked like that person, like, just learning how to drive. And it's they don't know how to manage the throttle at all yet, so they're in the parking lot just gunning it and hitting the brakes, gunning it, hitting the brakes. He's like, oh, this thing's got power. I'm already up to 10 miles per hour. I'm like, you just said that over the air at a sprint car race. All right, we're gonna have to we're gonna have to have some uh, throttle lessons when he gets here. Yes, um, I can understand after seeing that why his racing career fizzled out in Outlaw Cards. Huh? Well, maybe th- there you go. Yeah, I get it. Sorry, Chase. Stick to the pit reporting. Uh, and as I said, you were either riding with me or riding with someone else. But I, if you are in Charlotte, you you are not driving. That was scary. But yes, Sunday night had, or Monday night, rather, forgot it was a holiday weekend, uh, a little bit of a lengthy delay uh, as they had to let the sun set, and I think it was the right call. Don't really need these guys throwing it off in a turn one, not being able to see where each other are on the racetrack, and uh, the heat races put on some pretty good racing, and then the, the feature later that night, track prep crew did a great job, put on a pretty good race. Yeah, Grace Harbor is another fun one. Uh, both those Washington tracks are uh fun to go to. Just the areas are really nice, too. Washington in general, uh, just kind of a fun time. Definitely, uh, when we go back there next year, definitely put that on the calendar if you can. I am jealous of the Dirt Vision and World of Outlaws crew. Uh, on their off days in Washington State last week, they went whale watching. Yeah, that's really fun. Did Wait, did you? I wasn't there, but I went 2019 oh, with okay. the same kind of whale watching. Really cool. What did you see? Uh, we saw some killer whales. Um, oh, man, it was you got a really good um, judgment of just how big they really are. There's a guy out in the water uh, in, in his canoe just paddling along, then all of a sudden this fin comes out of the water behind him, and the thing was just like five feet taller than him and went back down into the water. That is so cool. I am super, super jealous. Um, that's my recommendation to all of you out there. If you're looking for a, for a place to go, uh, to maybe make a vacation out of your your racecation, and want to see some sprint cars, but you know maybe the rest of the family or the wife or something or or the husband doesn't want to just spend their whole time watching racing. Maybe you know spend two nights at Skagit or one night at Skagit, one night at Grace Harbor, and 
go do some whale watching because that just sounds really, really awesome. I mean, the schedule works out perfectly either way. You can spend the first part of your week doing some stuff, fun stuff, then spend the weekend at Skagit and then go to Grace Harbor, or spend the weekend at Skagit, Grace Harbor, yeah. then spend the rest of the week in Washington. I mean, I've heard nothing but good things about the Pacific Northwest, um, and you just reiterated that. The, the crew this week just reiterated that. Uh, so I would recommend going out there to do that next year. Um, but first, let's recap m- uh, Monday night's race. Uh, Logan Schuhart got the win. Carson Macedo second. Brad Sweet third. Donnie Schatz fourth. David Gravel finished fifth. James McFadden sixth. Craig Kinzer seventh. Brock Zierfoss finished in eighth. Trey Starks finished ninth. Wayne Johnson rounded out the top ten. Your lap leaders, Monday night at Grays Harbor. Just Logan Schuhart, he led all 30 of them. Trey Starks was your Casey Hard Charger Award winner. He gained nine spots to go from 18th to 9th. That's a pretty solid run right there. Yeah, good a uh, few nights with us. Nice yes, to see him back, running with us again. Yes, he did. It was also nice to see a, a pretty healthy group of uh, local drivers. There's not really any 410 racing up there, so it was kind of cool to see some guys who were from the, the 360 ranks uh, come out and race with us and and. Try to stick with it all weekend long. Yeah, it's cool to hear uh, Skagit talking about trying to uh, build the facility and build it into kind of a hub for 410 sprint car guys up there, and maybe we can have even bigger fields when we come back, too. That would be a great thing, because it races well as it is, so it would be a lot of fun to just get, to, get some more more quality and more quantity out there and, and just continue to build up uh, sprint car racing in an area of the country that isn't exactly a sprint car mecca right now. Uh, but taking a look at the point standings, as we said at the top of today's show, just 15 races remain at this point as we head to Chico this Friday and Saturday night. David Gravel, as we said before, hanging on by a thread at this point, 128 points back. Carson Macedo is 166 points back. Donnie Schatz is in fourth, 232 points out. And Sheldon Hoddenshield rounds out the top five, 284 points out. Uh, it's going to take a catastrophic collapse for Brad Sweet to lose his championship, but it's still possible. I mean, really, it only takes one night to really kind of throw Gravel back into good contention. If something happens, Brad finishes 20-something, Gravel wins, there's a huge swing of the points. At least, I think it would be like 40-something or so. Um, so, obviously, that's a pretty good chunk. It wouldn't 128-point lead. He'd still be have a little bit of a comfortable lead, but it, the comfort would definitely die down a little bit if something like that happened. So, it, it doesn't take much, but it's comfortable at the moment. If you're David Gravel, you're hoping that that happens between now and Williams Grove because you are so good at Williams Grove and let's face it Brad struggles at Williams Grove that that if you can gain a chunk now then you can really take another bite out of it those two nights at the National Open yeah exactly that's the time I'm sure he's got that one circled on his calendar of that's when he knows he needs to have a good night and needs to make some points gains to have a chance going uh, into I believe it's Port Royal after that, yep. and then uh, only a couple handful mm-hmm. of races after. I think we had Port Royal, and then I believe it was Lakeside, and then Lawton Devils Bowl, Lawton then World Devils Finals, Bowl, and then the World Finals, and that's it. I'm gonna. I mean, this isn't really going out on a limb, but if if Brad leaves the National Open up by a hundred points, I think he's got it locked up. Yeah, at that point, he's good at Port Royal. Yeah, he's good at. Lakeside, good at Lawton, good, good at, at Devil's Charlotte. Bowl, good at Charlotte. Um, those are decent tracks for him. Gravel's so. good at Charlotte, too, but, I mean, he's got to make up his, his ground before Williams Grove to have a chance, I think. It's definitely not over, definitely not locked in, but I'd say if I'm Brad Sweet, I'm feeling a bit comfortable. It's definitely still worth watching on Dirtfish. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's the World Finals. Yes. Uh, that that in itself is worth watching, uh, or going to if you have the ability to. Uh, for that event, you have to go to charlottemotorspeedway.com to get your tickets uh, for those three nights of racing. I would recommend you go and do that now if you haven't already to make sure that you get yourself some locked-in seats uh, to experience just three nights of pure awesome dirt racing. Yeah, you get sprint cars, late models, and the Super Dirt Car Series. Beasts of the Northeast! To quote Shane Andrews, um, it'll also be fun for the rest of the year to see if Brad can hit that twenty-win mark. 
Yes. He's at 16 right now, so he's tied for uh, career-high wins in a year. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if he beats that, but it'll be interesting to see if he can hit that 20-win mark or not. Yeah, that's uh, that definitely something else to watch out for. Uh, if you can get to any show that isn't World Finals, uh, you can do so by heading to worldofoutlaws.com to get yourself some tickets. Uh, we recommend you go and do that because obviously in person is the best way to experience the greatest show on dirt. And if you can't make it to any of the uh, remaining 15 races, just make sure that you're watching it on Dirt Vision. Uh, as we mentioned the last time we were on air, all of these races, if you are a FastPass subscriber, go into the FastPass exclusive section. Uh, if you just can't stay up late to watch the West Coast Swing, we understand that it's late. It'll be available to you by the morning, so you can uh, try to elude the updates on social media and uh, go and have yourself some sprint cars and coffee the next day. Oh, there you go. I like that. That's not a bad idea. Sprint Maybe a little bit of NOS in there if you need a little extra wake up. That is, what would we call that? You have the Irish coffee if you throw some alcohol in there. We call that like, uh... God, I have no idea. This is why I'm not a marketing. Turbocharge when you throw the NOS turbo in there. Turbocharge your coffee. Yeah, why not? Yeah, we'll, we'll work on it. We got a plan. We'll work on it. Figure it out we for got next you. time and we'll pitch it to someone. Yeah, I mean that's got to be in the works. That probably. Ah, uh, we don't want to spill the beans. <laughs> Was that on purpose? No, <laughs> it just happened. <laughs> ah, we got one out there. That All one. right. Remember that bar we were talking about before? That one, that one cleared it. <laughs> yeah. That one was pretty good. Um, you got anything else? I think I'm out. I'm out too. I think I was out when we started, but same. We kept it going. Same. We fought through it, and it, it may not have been a race winning effort, but. I think it might have been a top 10. It was fun to have Jason Myers on. Uh, yes, was it was. Cool. Yes, it was. So hopefully that was enjoyable at least. Yes. Uh, enough from the two blabbering idiots here. Uh, and we'll catch up with you next time. Bye-bye. Hashtag open red.